Welcome to the sixth episode of Chef's Dream, the 13-part podcast which throws open the doors at Scaffa, the School of Culinary and Finishing Arts in Dubai. If you haven't already heard episodes one to five, we suggest you start from the beginning so you don't miss anything. I'm Ray Addison, a graduate of the school's professional kitchen and pro finishing courses. And this season, I'm revealing what life is really like for students at the largest vocational culinary institute in the Middle East and South Asia. Coming up, Regina from the Philippines reveals how a chef's qualification could help with her retirement plans. I'm planning to have a restaurant business when I retire early because I've been uh, away for like 10 years now. So I just want to go home. <laughs> Culinary director Chef Francisco Araya explains how SCAFA helps to find professional internships for students. We've placed a couple of students in Noma. Uh, that was the best restaurant in the world. Two star, three star, Copenhagen. And graduate Kevin Joy gives us a tour of the kitchens at Three Fills in Dubai. I would say I didn't have any idea of how complex and how intricate this world would have been without going to SCAFA. I think it gave me a really good grounding. But before we go any further, let's find out what the students are studying in week six. As Chef Francisco explains, the Pro Kitchen qualification is not just about learning how to cook. You also need to understand your produce and where it comes from. Week number six is about the sea. We would start with a trip to the fish market. So we go to the fish market to see fresh fish, to identify how do you buy fresh fish, what are the characteristics that you should look for and so on, and understand how this industry works. Right. We'll also discuss about, you know, sustainability, uh, about how the fishing industry is killing the oceans, uh, the importance in the last 40 years of fish farming. And uh, then we'll go on working with fish and we'll learn how to fillet them, how to scale them, how to skin them and how to cook them using different different cooking methods. So there's one day where we cook salmon. We, we pick salmon because it's a very easy fish to cook in the sense that it doesn't break uh, easily it doesn't overcook easily you know so it's, it's quite easy to to work with it and we'll cook it using eight different methods and trying to understand from a science perspective you know how long does it take what's the impact of the heat what's the impact on the flavor because we cook and we taste and we bring all of them out from whatever uh, equipment we're using at the same temperature and we measure time outside temperature inside temperature and the student gets a an understanding you know of how what the process is going to affect the in the in the taste and texture of the finished product and we're going to cook uh, shellfish we're going to cook uh, crab we're going to cook prawns we're going to cook squid for the student to get a good understanding you know of 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 the products that are mainly available in this in the type of ocean where we are mm. hmm? Mainly the assessment, you know, even though there's a lot of ways of classifying fish. Yep, they, they are classified for where they live, the type of water, close or far from the coast, the amount of fat they have. And uh, it, we're going to make an assessment that is usually based on shape. So usually fish are going to classify them as round or flat. So they're going to have to do two preparations, one for round fish and one for flat fish with the filleting and the cooking and everything. And we'll hear more from Chef Francisco later on in this episode. Now, motivation is key for anyone with a passion, and we're about to meet a student who is motivated by her homeland. Regina has been living and working in the UAE for several years, and she's hoping that learning how to cook could be her ticket home. Uh, I'm Regina, I'm 33, and I'm from the Philippines. I'm uh, studying culinary because 
I, I really cook at home for my family and I just want to uh, experience more and explore more. Yeah. So do you plan to become a professional chef after this or what have you got in mind? I'm planning to uh, have a restaurant business when I retire early. Yeah. Retire, retire very early. You're only 33. Like, what are you, what are you hoping to do? Because I've been uh, away for like 10 years now. So I just want to go home. <laughs> Back to the Philippines. What sort of restaurant business will it be? Are you talking like a full, like full cover restaurant, fine dining, like a cafe? What are you thinking? I'm, I'm thinking of like a coffee shop, a cafe, start like that and then maybe explore later on. Yeah. So how are you finding the course so far? Uh, it's good, it's good. Like I've been learning a lot. Yeah, I want to uh, achieve like uh, the skills, like for example, make the dishes without actually looking at the recipes a lot, like uh, add more of my style like that. Instinctive kind of like creative <laughs> cooking. Do, do you feel like you have a style of cooking? It's more like, because when I cook at home, I don't really measure things. So it's more like instinctive, as you said. And uh, yeah, just add the flavors as I like. And I think they're good. I just need one of the reasons why I joined culinary is because uh, I'm not sure if my friends or family are saying if my cooking is good or it's really good. <laughs> That's why. Kevin Joy is a graduate of Scaffer's Pro Kitchen course and also enrolled on their Pro Finishing course. A week before he was due to finish that, he was offered a job at a very popular Dubai restaurant called Free Fills. He invited me for a tour of the kitchens. So this is the sushi counter. Um, that's basically like four stations where we work off of. So the, the maki rolls happen there, the nigiris happen back there, the starters, and then this, this is essentially support for whoever's having a tough time. Back here we have the main kitchen. It's it's quite it's quite small. We have this is Reggie, by the way. Hi Reggie. So this is essentially the only line that we have um, during service. All of the hot items come out of here. So we got two fryers, a grill, a stove, and the oven. And then we have a charcoal grill over there. So how many people would be working in here at any one time? Um, so we'd need a minimum of two to keep service running, but usually on busy days we have four. And, and do you work across all of the different uh, stations? So as of now, yes. When I started, well, whenever we start on the line, we started the fryer. And then once we're confident there, we move on to the next one and the next one and then back here. So this is the pass. I get my orders through there. I stick them on here. I have all my prep for service here. What's the... Um uh, idea behind starting on the fryer like why, why is that the best place to start so the when you when you get to the fryer I think um, you'd, you'd think it's quite simple because it's just like oh yeah we drop things into the fryer take them out but for us specifically we we use quite a different uh, about four different types of tempura batters and so each of them have a different technique of you know how, how to make it and how you can maintain them for service and so when you start on the fryer, it gives you a good idea of how you can arrange your things according to how busy it is and how you can learn to sort of, you know, manage your station. It's also one of those things where the fryer is quite independent, while other stations have things that come from other stations at the same time. So if you were, if you were put on the hot plate or the stove at the, right in the beginning, it would be quite hard for you to sort of like manage 
yourself and someone else at the same time. So that's why you start out on the fire. And I see you've got a rational oven here in the corner. Like, obviously you kind of, you learn how to use rational at Scaffold. Was that your first yeah, experience yeah, using that, it? That was my first experience ever learning about a rational in the first place, even combi ovens. And yeah, it was great. Um, it, it, it's, it's a beautiful machine and it does, it does a lot of work. Pretty much uh, from my first week, like once they knew that I knew how to use it, they were like, yeah, fine. You know, we can give them tasks that require some amount of oven knowledge. So this back here is our charcoal. Um, this is a rubata, and this is a very traditional Japanese grill. Oh, this is really cool. Yeah. Yesterday, we, saw, we launched a new dish called the sukune, which is essentially a, a wagyu skewer, and that's made entirely on the Japanese charcoal. Fantastic. This is our chiller. It's quite cramped in there, but... Oh yeah, full walk-in. Yes. So we have all our meat and proteins, we have all our veggies and sauces, and this is basically just what we need for service. Everything's labelled up here, yes. everything's stacked yeah. very organised, parsley, coriander, spring onion, mint, uh, then you've got the sauces here, yeah. garlic mayo. Kitchen work has uh, a strong requirement of being, you know, it needs to be very organised. Uh, especially in the heat of service, you're trying to run around, figure out things. You don't have the luxury of saying, okay, I need to sit and find my garnish or sit and find my sauce. Everything needs to be labeled. Everything needs to be up to date. Yeah, yeah. nice. And that, that is one well-organized walk-in. <laughs> Another kitchen. It's a lot louder in here. What is, th what is this? So this is, this is our production. This is basically where they do all the prep that we need for service. So these guys come in about, uh, 6, 7, 8 a.m. and they work a 12-hour shift. That's CJ, that's Ali, that's Reggie. Um, anything and everything that we need for service just comes out of here. So all of the patties are made here, um, all of the bread prep is done, all the sauces, all the sauces you saw in the chiller, everything comes out of here. I see a lot of chop, chop, chopping going yes, on. Yes, there's a lot of chop, chop, chop that goes into it. <laughs> got some prawns on the go, being yeah. ch uh, chilled. Got some... Just the, the garnishes being worked around, yeah. so they wash them and dry them. He's filleting salmon over there for service. Do you sell a lot of salmon here? We sell a lot of salmon. We run through about a good 60 kg, 70 kgs in two to three days max. Wow. <laughs> So have you done all of these uh, stations as well? Yeah, so when I joined, I started in production. Yeah. Uh, I was in production for about eight, eight to nine months. Um, worked my way around, learned everything, and then I moved to the line. And we'll hear more from Kevin, including details of his career in just a few minutes. Students who study at Scaffa and want to go out on an internship will have all the help they need to secure positions in great companies with opportunities to learn and grow. Culinary Director Chef Francisco Araya explains how it works. We started developing internships a long time ago. Uh, uh, we started maybe 2014, 2015 with uh, Sofitel JBR. Um, we met the general manager playing golf. Hmm. And in those 18 holes, we had chats and so on. And we said, okay, let's meet. And we met and we created an apprentice program where students will do half of the time in SCAFA, half of the time at the, at the hotel. And that has expanded. Today, we have a lot of partners. We, we were the main partner for Intercontinental Group. Uh, we work with Amar. We work with, uh, with, well, with Amar with older brands. 
uh, we work with Marriott, we work with Voco, we work, you know, with different brands. And today, the the, the industry, I think, as it becomes mature, it understands that um, there is a need of interns. Mm-hmm. There is a need of uh, because an intern is not a worker. You know, you get a commie, you pay him, he does his job, you don't care. An intern gives, uh, involves HR in the development of that student. And, and HR of the industry have understood that that's the best way of preventing attrition. Because you get a job as a commie, you get paid X, somebody offers you X plus 50, people leave. But when you go through a proper induction and you meet the people of HR and you get, you know, your feedbacks and so on, if you do a good job, and and uh, and and what's relevant about doing a good job is that you're not going to join one day and in six months you get a feedback. You know, in the process you're going to get feedback. You're going to have the possibility of fixing your your way of working or your attitude or whatever. You're not getting the marks that you want, and if you follow it, you're going to get a job at the end of the of the internship, apprenticeship. And usually that job will be a better job than if you started as a commie, you know, just trying to find your way in the kitchen. So aside from the experience of working in professional kitchens, which is huge, what else do the students get out of it? Well, the students will get visa, they will get accommodation, and that's quite relevant in this market, yeah. And they will get uh, a stipend that's going to depend to place to place, yeah. But that stipend is going to be enough, you know, for them to to cover their expenses and just, you know, enjoy a bit Dubai. But students need to understand, and, and, and they'll understand it when they go to the industry, that this is a six-day job. You know, it's not a five-day. This is not an accounting position or a sales position or whatever. You're six days, so you have one day off. And uh, doing a good internship, uh, you know, in a, in a well-known brand for the world, and uh, doing the internship and getting a job offer after it, you know, it really looks very well in your in your in your CV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If I was on the other side, if I was, you know, hiring people, I would take people who did an internship, got a job, continued there, and then he decided to leave whatever it was. So, it really shows, you know, perseverance and all those kind of things. There are clearly lots of opportunities to intern in the UAE, but what about further afield? Now, this is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. And we're very clear with students about this. It's not for everybody. We've helped students. So we've placed a couple of students in Noma. Uh, that was the best restaurant in the world. I think today is the second best. I don't know. Two-star, three-star, Copenhagen. I placed a student in South America. You know, in one of the leading restaurants in South America. But this is student to student. It's case to case. We will do it and we will try to do it. I'm trying to place today also a couple of students in South America to do stages. Uh, because it makes sense for their life. But, you know, they need to understand, and we're very thorough about that, that this is not for everybody. This, you're gonna go to a country where 3% of the population speak English, different environment, different everything. You know, you're gonna be the, the different one there. And being the different many times is it's quite difficult. Mm-hmm. When you walk on the street and just because you're walking, people stare at you. Mm-hmm. And you don't know it's a good thing, a bad thing or whatever. You're going to have to find your way of living somewhere else uh, with no support from anybody. And they also need to understand that the effort comes from the student. We'll help you on the putting your foot in. But then it's all up to them. And, and from, a, from the restaurant perspective, it's going to be exactly the same. You know, they'll take you because they think you're interesting, that you can add something into the mix. That's what they're looking for. Yep. 
So it's, 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 it's a big effort, big effort. And usually it's not paid, it's unpaid. So you have to cover mainly all your expenses. Uh, certain cases they'll, they'll provide you a bed and, and food and so on, but you have to cover your ticket, you need to cover uh, uh, your insurance and whatever it is. I always tell students, if you're gonna do it, do it when you're young, do it as soon as possible. Uh, getting an internship um, is not an easy thing, right? Because you're competing with the world. It's like, it's like I wake up tomorrow and I wanna be an intern at Google. You know, I'm competing with the smartest guys in the world who wanna do that and I have to uh, uh, make it happen. So uh, just the process, uh, let's say if I want to place somebody in uh, Central, for instance, a restaurant in, in Lima, I need minimum 14 months ahead. Yeah, because I, I'll, I'll have to contact the chef, I'll wait for him to answer, uh, he'll give me to HR, I'll have to speak with HR, I'll have to share the CV, and they'll have to find a spot where they have a space because this place is, you know, they get 20 interns per year, 30 interns per year. So uh, last time I spoke with them, they told me 24 months. Students from Scaffa can go on to be very successful and earn great reputations for themselves, as Chef Francisco recalls from one particular incident. Uh, I remember being in a meeting some time ago, uh, uh, a very interesting big group, local group, and we were talking about a venture somewhere else. And uh, so we asked them, you know, why us? You know, why did you come to us? And it was very relevant that the guy looked at us and says, you know what, I've done my due diligence. And I said, yeah, yeah, but what do you mean? And he said, uh, you know, we take lots of students from different institutions here in Dubai. We take a lot of students. Uh, but the SCAFA students stick to us. You know, they stick. They, it's hard and, uh, and they stick. They, you know, stay there and they get hit and, you know, tired and sent, but they say they stick and they stick, and they stick, and they stick. And that's mainly what we want. You know, we want students who will do that extra mile, will do that extra effort, will... So that sh shows us at least that we're doing something well. Back to my interview with Kevin Joy now. We've just finished our tour of Three Phils and sat down to discuss his passion for cooking. Growing up, I had three things that I essentially loved. Uh, one was music. The other was biology, and the third was food. Um, funny story, the, the way I learned the word chef, I was about, mm, it was grade five, grade six, and uh, my dad was telling me, you know, someday you'll have to stand on your own two feet, which I thought was a really weird thing to say. You know, at that age, I was just like, what do you mean? <laughs> I am standing. And then he was like, no, I mean, you'd have to, you know, pick a profession, have to go to a job. And I said, I want to be a cooker. And my dad was just like, what? <laughs> I was like, yeah, you know, I want to, like, you know, make food and do things. And I was like, oh, you mean a chef. And that's how I learned the word chef. Working in a professional kitchen is hard, requiring dedication and focus. Kevin explained his typical routine when he was a newly hired commie. When I started off, I was in the morning shift. I would come to Three Fills at 8 a.m. We start service at 12, so between 8 to 12, you have to do all of the important things to make sure service runs smoothly from 12 to dinner time at least. So I would come in in the morning, cut some chips, prepare some wagyu burgers, I'd make the burgers in the morning, let them set, 
um, any of the sauces that need to be made, you would make the sauces. I would work till about three, four, I'd go for a break. I'd come back and continue prep for the next day. My shift would technically by contract end at 8 p.m., 9 p.m., but most often I would stay, I would stay until 12 to just finish up the day, finish up all the service. I used that extra time to just keep eyes on the guys that were cooking in the line. I would just watch them, learn from them, and be like, yeah, someday I'm gonna be there, so I need to know. I, when, I, when I first joined Three Falls, I used to work 16 to 18 hours a day. At, and that wasn't, it wasn't by force. It wasn't, uh, nobody asked me to do it. I just, I was like, I'm here. I've got nothing to do back at home. I might as well learn while I'm at it. So how did the reality of working as a professional chef differ from Kevin's childhood dreams? Having joined the industry, did he still feel like he had what it took to succeed? I, I thought I was a good cook. Uh, I think uh, when you're in the comfort of your house, it's, you know, you're, you're, you like what you do. But I'd, I'd probably, I would say I didn't have any idea of how, how complex and how intricate this world would have been without going to Scarfa. I think, I think that's where it helped me the most is it gave me a really good grounding as to, you know, what I can expect and what people expect of me as, you know, if I, if I put myself out there saying I'm a professional, there's a certain standard I need to meet. And so that's, that's what it made me realize the most. Kevin is clearly a deep thinker with a focus on high quality and standards. With that ethos, where does he want to end up in the future? My biggest goal in life or in this career is that one day I want to have a restaurant that's in San Pellegrino's top 100 in the world. I, I, I would aim for top 50, but top 100 realistically. I don't really want to do any one cuisine specifically. I really want to learn about cuisines from all over and try to combine them into something even better. Ten, ten years down the line, I hope to run a place that just does beautiful food. Next time on Chef's Dream, we meet Lara, who runs her own catering business, but needs to broaden her skills. I basically uh, used to cook only vegetarian cuisines, and I really needed to try my hand at meats and fish and chicken, different proteins. We find out how earning your diploma at SCAFA is the fast track to a degree in Switzerland. We love SCAFA students, actually. We have only wonderful experience with them, and that is confirming that this kind of collaboration is what we are looking for. And I chat to one of my old classmates who's out on internship at the Intercom Dubai. The chefs are asking, do you know how to do this? Do you know how to burn a creme brulee? And everything just flashed back and yeah, I've, I've learned all of this in SCAFA. I've learned all of this in school. If you've enjoyed this episode, why not subscribe? There's another seven on the way. You could also give us a five-star review wherever you're listening so more future chefs can tune in. If you'd like to find out more about Scaffa, you can check out their website, scaffa.ae. Scaffa is spelled S-C-A-F-A. Or follow them on Instagram at scaffa.dubai. Scaffa also has a culinary school in Lahore, Pakistan. You can find them at scaffa.pk or follow them on Instagram at scaffa.lahore. You can also find me at Ray's Menu. Until next time, happy cooking. <laughs>